sharing a, a it was ice cream okay. in particular and you said the we should eat, get topic. equal amounts of time with the ice cream right which i think is unfair because i eat much slower than you, you do. i think it should be equal quantity of food consumed yeah because i was like constantly waiting for you to be done with <laughs> the ice cream so that i could have it again i think you just have to be faster or you could slow down i'm not saying that's wrong i just don't agree (laughs) what's the difference i think i eat at like a perfectly normal pace Mm -hmm. and i think that you eat real slow (laughs) i eat slow i don't know about real slow i eat slow extremely slow but then i don't get any delicious ice cream (laughs) i think the i've had three bites and you've had two scoops and you know what? That's just not fair. <laughs> I think the solution here is to just split up the ice cream at the beginning. That, that is true, though. We can no longer share food. No. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, <laughs> at this point in our marriage, we've learned that. <laughs> Should we start uh, this episode now? Yes. Why don't you kick it off? Okay. Hi. Welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with me, Samantha, and him, Indy. And we are excited. It's post-spooktober, and we are going to be talking about musicals. How are you, Indy? I'm doing well. I wish I had uh, 60% more ice cream in me, but it got all eaten up, so... Sorry, I How ate it all. You? I'm good. I ate all the ice cream, so I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to feign energy because I have to go coach after this and I'm very sleepy. So I uh, I'm trying to like be upbeat. It's a it's a sleepy day. It is a sleepy day. There's like no sunshine, it's just gray, and uh, I just want to go back to bed. Well, you know what's gonna wake you up? What? Talking about your favorite musicals. True. Were you a big you were a big musical fan? Oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah, totally. Um I love uh anything that's like sing alongable and musicals are great because you get like a theme and like a story to sing along to. And um I grew up doing like dance and so I was very interested in musical theater and uh like Broadway shows and stuff like that what about you I think relative to most people I'm a huge musical fan Mm -hmm. because I'm someone who can like list my top five favorite musicals Mm -hmm. which is more than a lot of people but relative to you no I (laughs) I don't like nearly as much as you maybe I'm way more Picky. I think it's similar to our interests in romantic comedies. Uh You like a much more broad variety of romantic comedies. I think, yeah, there are great ones, but most of them are junk. And I feel like the same about Mm. musicals. Right. A lot of Broadway stuff, especially modern Broadway, I do not care for at all. I don't like the tendency to just sing dialogue. Right. I like musicals to have songs in them. I like a number. Right. Right. So I like a lot of older musicals, the 50s and 60s. I think that was kind of peak musical. But I think there's some good stuff after that as well, which we'll probably talk about. 
For this week, though, I wasn't, we didn't have a lot of prep time. So no. I was just like, okay, what's a musical off the top of my head I can talk about? When I actually wanted to get into some, because I like, there's some horror musicals out there and things mm. that are a little less known. But then I realized if I'm just going to talk about some big famous 50s musical, those things don't get talked about nearly as much either. True, true. And I feel like I know some of them, but not all of them. Well, what are you going to start us off with? What is your musical thing of the week? And we're each going to have one of those. And then Sam will let us know what our big watch for next week is. Yeah. So this is one that I actually just got to see with my mom. Um, and it's Six the Musical. It's written by Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. And um, it's about the six wives of Henry VIII and um, kind of a retelling of their stories from their point of view as opposed to um, like a male perspective. And then also what if they were pop stars? Okay. It's really like I've seen a bunch of it on uh, social media. They've done a really good job of marketing it Um kind of in a modern way um so you see clips on social media um their social media team is like so good at giving um like in-depth uh looks into how the show is put together the costumes are amazing um and seeing them in person versus seeing them on social media I was just like shocked they are so sparkly and like true to um like they have touches of Tudor fashion as well as um what like a pop star would wear in like a like almost like a k-pop style group with like really flashy outfits and like cool looking costumes and um i am absolutely obsessed with this show i know all of the songs um and one of the cool things about it is it's like a tight 90 minutes and oh interesting there's no intermission these women who play the queens are so fit because they sing basically for 90 minutes straight there's like two instances where each woman gets to leave the stage and like I assume drink a liter of water and then come back onto stage and um I just think it's like really a cool production um telling history that people are already like interested in um, the six wives of Henry VIII, of course, are Catherine of Aragon, Anne Boleyn, Jane Seymour, Anne of Cleves, Catherine Howard, and Catherine Parr. Which one's your favorite? Um, in the real world, not in the musical. In the real world, I think, I think Anne Boleyn has a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's probably most people's like favorite queen. At least the most well known. Yeah, to- absolutely. To general public um i think in the show i really like katherine howard um she was uh somewhere between 14 and 16 when she married henry the eighth who was in his 50s at that point so it's it's interesting the way that they retell this story because it is very much a you don't say no to the king situation. And then also she was a child. So she was put in this situation by her uncles who just wanted to get ahead in court life. So you get some really interesting um, songs and uh, it's everything from a uh, like a power ballad to a like super fun poppy uh, like sh- big show kind of song and um you also get a 
couple songs where all of the queens sing um, their individual stories within the song. So it's like, it's pretty fun. So it has two of your favorite things, both uh, British royalty and pop music, modern pop music, is the style of it. So you're saying different songs have many different styles. It's not your typical just Broadway style. Yes. Yeah. So each queen has their own style of song. Oh, that's um, fun. I like that. And so they've, um, the creators have done a lot of press and like, so it's like pretty readily available who they styled all the songs off of. So Catherine of Aragon is um, modeled after like Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Hudson, Beyonce. Um, Anne Boleyn is more poppy. So she's more like Miley Cyrus, Avril Lavigne. I like how you're saying, yeah, more poppy than the hard-hitting stuff of Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, Jane Seymour is more like Adele and Celine Dion. Um, Anne of Cleves has some, like, Rihanna elements to it. Um, and hers is super, super sassy because I don't know if you know about Anne of Cleves. She... I was one of the wives who survived Henry VIII and she actually survived all of the other wives and Henry VIII and she ended up just becoming super rich and living uh, on her own without any husband to tell her what to do. Um, So she has a very like girl power kind of song that goes with it. And Catherine Howard is more like Britney Spears, Ariana Grande and Catherine Parr, the final wife, is like Alicia Keys-ish. So very different in all of their um, in all of their songs. And uh, it it pulls together to be like a very fun show. And we didn't quite mention right off the beginning, though, but this is a stage production. You actually saw it. This isn't a movie or anything. Yes, it is a Broadway musical. Um, It premiered uh, in the West End in 2019. It went to Broadway in 2020 um, and it opened weeks before the pandemic closed everything down. So they came back in 2021. And now they have two North American tours, a Canadian tour, a UK tour, as well as they have done um, residencies in Australia, um, South Korea, Canada, Budapest, Warsaw, and um, two ships on Norwegian cruise lines. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've been on a Norwegian cruise. Oh. It's too bad that there wasn't something like that. Yeah. So it's like wildly popular. It was written by two university students and debuted at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2017. So it's still relatively new. Um, and I think it is such a good show. Um, especially with like the runtime and just how great the pace is. Um, It's definitely like fun. And I wanted to watch it again, like right after we finished seeing it. So it was pretty great. Is the soundtrack available on Spotify or something? Yes. So they have a cast recording from 2018 and then they just did a live uh, cast recording as well. So you get like a little bit more um, from that one, a little bit more of like the talking sections. And a little more like what it would actually sound like if you were there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's been fun um, from the 2018 recording to the Broadway recording. You can hear how they've changed some of the elements of the show and how it's kind of grown and changed. And then seeing it live, you also get to see kind of how it's grown and changed. So I really love the show. I think everyone should see it if they can. Um, And uh, yeah, Six the Musical. Uh, There is a pro shot coming out. Um, 
next year, I believe. And for all of the non-musical people <laughs> out there, what's a pro shot, Samantha? A pro shot is when they like film the show kind of movie style. So you're able to see um, lots of different camera angles and you're able to see the whole show from start to finish. But it is still just a live recording. It's not something where they're making a movie. It's no. it's separate from that. It's uh, They do a stage presentation like they normally would but rather than just an audience yeah. they have all these cameras but with lots of cameras and <laughs> and you get angles yeah. and you get close-ups and stuff yes absolutely so yeah um i am very very excited about that but if you have a chance to see six the musical you should definitely go and do it maybe i'll check out that pro shot at 90 minutes it's a much easier yes. sell to me because unlike you two of my least favorite things are <laughs> uh, british royalty yes. and um broadway musicals or um <laughs> Contemporary pop, I'm right. not as big on as you, of course. And I also tend to really dislike, well, this is old, but we're giving it a modern twist. Yeah. But when done right, it can be a lot of fun. And from and what I you're saying, this did. might be that. And I think they did. And each, you get like a nice history of each queen from her perspective. So I think that's a really fun way to look at the history and uh, learn a little bit about the six wives. So Indy... What is your musical thing of the week? Well, I'm just going for a big classic heavy hitter. And my thing of the week is the 1952 film Singing in the Rain. Oh, okay. Have you actually seen Singing in the Rain? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Oh, it's fantastic. I think you would really love it. And as I was just rewatching it a little bit because I'm a... Man of varied tastes. I was <laughs> lifting weights and watching Scene in the Rain. <laughs> Classic indie. <laughs> and I was re-watching it. And then I thought, oh, no, I should have just done this for my big watch for next week because there's so much to talk about. But a little brief overview for anyone out there who maybe wants to go see it. Uh, this is from 52, like I said, and it was directed by Stanley Donnan, but Gene Kelly, who is the star, is also kind of a director as well because he does all of, all of his uh, choreography and ah. all of that. And since this movie is 60% song and dance numbers, <laughs> he's, he's essentially a director as well. So it stars uh, Gene Kelly, uh, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor. Donald O'Connor is probably a little lesser known, but he's a fantastic dancer. He plays the piano in this and is kind of the comedic element. Debbie Reynolds, of course, went on to do big things. And Gene Kelly is, is Gene Kelly. Yeah. He's he's kind of the song and dance man. Him and yeah. Fred Astaire, I think I put at the top there. Oh, for sure. For dancing, singing men. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, Gene Hagen as well is very funny in it. So this movie is interesting in a few different ways because first, it is just such a great movie to just showcase song and dance. Mm -hmm. It's not trying to be anything else. This was in the early 50s where film had definitely moved into a lot of the stuff that I love, a lot of that um, hard-boiled detective stuff. The film noir was still going strong and film itself was, was really maturing. And this was kind of a departure, kind of a pull out to back to how things had been in the past in this kind of lavish and just fun and joyful musical. So the movie is about filmmaking as well. So I almost wanted to save this if we were going to do a month of movies about movies. Because okay. I think that's a really fun uh, uh, category as well. But this one, it takes place in 1927, but the movie's from 52. So in the movie, 
talkies are just starting. Oh. It's about silent film stars and how they are trying to adapt to this new format that's coming along. And everyone's like, oh no, we're out of business. Or some people are like, this is a flash in the pan. No one's going to want to listen to people talk in a movie. So you get kind of a little time capsule of what was happening back then too. Oh. And it's fun to see people in the 50s commenting on what was happening in the late 20s because they're not so far removed from it and these performers probably like remember this right so mm -hmm. you get to see some really interesting stuff there and making fun a little bit about silent movie stars trying to get into this talky world because <laughs> one of the main stars in it she's this the most famous actress but she has a terrible terrible <laughs> voice and then that's found out later once they start doing talkies and just how difficult it is to use microphones, how you can hear everything, how there's a big room built around a camera because cameras were so loud mm -hmm. at the time. So you get a little bit of uh, old Hollywood in that way. And then because this movie is about filmmaking, the Gene Kelly character is proposing a big lavish musical. It's like, that's what we're going to do. Let's really use this new format <laughs> as much as we can. So because of that, you get to do all sorts of things just for the sake of having a dance number because mm -hmm. he's pitching dance numbers and he's saying like, this will be our big giant musical. Here's how it's going to go. And he can just pitch it and then we see it on screen. So you don't have to have every song and dance number be integral to the plot mm -hmm. because they're kind of fantasies, they're ideas. And then we get to see those movies being made a little bit as well. So you get to see the filmmaking side of things and you get to see these fantastic numbers that you don't always get in other musicals because in something like Cabaret, everything is happening on the stage right. at the Cabaret. So you're more limited right. in that way. This, it can do whatever it wants and it has such a variety and in part of the movie, they're kind of doing a film through the ages as told through musical numbers. Oh. And it looks kind of like one of those medleys you'd see at the Tonys or something right. like that. But it's it's Gene Kelly, so you're getting the best of the best. <laughs> and it's funny to me because, of course, I've seen movies from many, many decades. And you'd think like a lot of parts of filmmaking have progressed always. Mm -hmm. If you look at an action movie that's very old, it seems slower than things today. And you would argue that, oh, well, the fighting techniques or the car chases, things like that have gotten better over the years. Right. I don't know that dance has. Oh. I kind of feel like Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, I think they kind of nailed it. And I don't know if there's anyone doing anything better than what they had done way back then. Okay. And maybe it's just because we don't have that musical film culture as much mm -hmm. like what was the last big musical i guess uh, in the heights and la la land yeah but, i don't know they they weren't they weren't what these movies no. were there weren't many stars who were song and dance people mm -hmm. right we don't have that as much anymore you can no. say like oh hugh jackman can sing and dance like yeah but now to be uh, a hollywood star you have to be like super jacked and do yeah. at least one marvel movie you exactly. can't just be a song and dance person yeah that's uh it's a different way now for stars for sure and i love at this time i feel like they understood how to edit dance sequences a lot better than we do now in that you don't edit them much like, I want to see the dance. That's why, like, things like the pro shot that you're talking about, yeah. it's good for that because you, 
If someone is spending all the time on this dance routine, show it to me. Yes. Don't cut around it. Like no. when we were watching the Step Up movies. Yeah, you only saw like flashes of dancing. They're great dancers. Why can't I yeah. see it? So maybe there are better dancers now, but movies don't know how to showcase it now, True. I feel like. Everything's so choppy and cut so quickly that, yeah, you don't get to see the full routine, which you know that these dancers have spent weeks and months on and that's what i love about this because some of the dances don't look perfect you're Mm -hmm. like oh the spacing there's a little bit off but they're doing it all in one take (laughs) they're doing an entire dance number and there's very few cuts in the middle so they're not doing like multiple takes to do all of that oh and then also it's funny it's a, a a comedy over anything else, and I think that's kind of forgotten over the years. But watching it now, it's like this is this is hilarious. And there's a whole song called "Make Him Laugh," and it's just about the, he does a lot of slapsticky stuff too. Oh, okay. The Donald O'Connor character, whose name is Cosmo, I think he's the comedic relief, so he's always doing a funny bits and doing pratfalls and uh-huh. stuff like that, and. That sounds annoying to me, and most of the time it is, but not in this. They, uh, I guess when you're at the top of that game, and I think he is, you, it's fantastic. I also feel like if this is like just post-silent film, you had to be very physical because you didn't have the ability to like say your joke. So I feel like those actors are very well-versed in physical comedy. And so many of these people are kind of are vaudevillians, right? Yeah. That's where it comes from. And it's it's a, just a different system than what we have now. Mm-hmm. And the closest thing we have is Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan could do all of that. <laughs> he's a true vaudevillian, even though he's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we've talked about Jackie Chan a few we have, times. But we have. Man, great sing. He's a good song and dance man, but he also just fights. We know him <laughs> for that. But I would love to see just a Jackie Chan musical. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> but, of course, Gene Kelly and... Debbie Reynolds, who are fantastic. We really get to see their skills. There's some great tap dance sequences. If you like that sort of thing, you have the titular Singing in the Rain, which Mm -hmm. is Gene Kelly, literally, Singing in the Rain. You have um, Good Morning. That song, I think a lot of people know, but don't know where it's from. I know it. And I think people don't realize that song is about staying up all night. It's not like a, hey, we woke up. Yeah. We stayed up all night talking about ideas for our new musical. Right. And now they're saying good morning. There's some fun sets and lighting stuff in the big Broadway melody sequence, which is that kind of dance through the ages part. Mm-hmm. And it's had just a huge influence because even you who hasn't seen Singing in the Rain, I yeah. bet you would know probably four of the songs. If I, I think I could you. probably sing Singing in the Rain in yeah. Good Morning. Yeah. Um, because I have this like weird ability to just like memorize lyrics without actually meaning to. So I feel like I do actually know both of those songs. And I'm sure if you played the soundtrack for me, I would know more of them just from like being in the world. Yeah, it had such a huge influence. And... I, I haven't gone back and looked at a lot of 50s musicals recently, but so I can't say that this kind of started the resurgence because, you know, Gene Kelly was already doing Gene Kelly stuff. But mm-hmm. this really seemed to be a, a highlight of it and uh, kind of transcended the comedy genre, the musical genre, and that historical fiction really is what it is at some point. So mm-hmm. Singing in the Rain is my thing of the week. Go check it out. It is relatively short for a big giant musical like this at about an hour 40-ish. Hmm. 
And such great numbers. And if you're someone who is kind of not sure about musicals, this might be a great one to start with because it also has so much comedy in it. And then a little bit of a history lesson on early sound cinema as well. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see that someday. One day. Maybe we'll have to do musicals again next year and then we can do this in full because I, I really think you would enjoy it. And there's there's so much to talk to, especially for a film nerd like myself. Absolutely. All right. We got two good things of the week. Singing things of the week. Singing things of the week. But now, what is the big watch that we're going to be watching for next week? So I am continuing <laughs> my tradition of three-hour epics. Oh, no. <laughs> And we are going to be watching the 1965 American musical drama film produced by Robert Wise, starring Julie Andrews and Christopher oh, Plummer, The Sound of Music. Awesome. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear the pitch. Excellent. Okay. Well, this is an adaptation of the 1959 stage musical, which is an adaptation of the 1949 memoir, The Story of the Trap Family Singers. Um, it is about a young uh, Austrian postulant or like none in training uh who in 1938 is sent to the villa of a retired naval officer and widower to be governess to his seven children so i saw this music uh, this musical very young and i absolutely love it like this from start to finish i think it is such a good um story i think it's got incredible songs it's got great costuming and i think it's just um one of the best musicals out there. Have you seen this movie? I have seen okay. it. Okay. I haven't seen it in probably 15, 20 years, though. Okay. And I think I've only seen it once. Okay. So... What I often say about The Sound of Music is, it's my third favorite musical about Nazis. Yes. Well, and that's the uh, one of the great things that I didn't realize, I think, when I was younger, because you don't really know about Nazis when you're You just a watched child. it until the intermission and be like, wow, what a great what happy movie. What a great movie. time. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's got love songs. <laughs> I feel like there's a bunch of parents out there, because... If this was on VHS, it was probably a two. It was cassette. two, yeah. So they probably just played the first one for their kids yeah. all the time because then it ends off all happy. Or yeah. it ends up kind of mysterious, but you don't get to see much bad Yeah, stuff. and I feel like I just wasn't aware of the like um, Nazi storyline as a young child. I think I did see it all the way through, but like I just don't think I picked up on that kind of thing until I was older. And then I was like, oh, this uh, this whole movie is like... A, a anti-Nazi uh, family. <laughs> so I uh, caught on to that later. And um, I think there's some really interesting things about um, the kind of takeover of the Third Reich and uh, the takeover of Austria. When did you first see this? As a young child? As a young child, for sure. Yeah. And then it kind of just remained in the rotation? Yes. Yeah. Was absolutely. it? Did you have a VHS of it? Yes. So this has always felt like my like sick day movie. Okay. So you have three hours to burn. Yeah, you're like homesick. You just want to lay on the couch. You want something like comforting and familiar. Turn on sound the music, and uh, it's like uplifting and fun. This is definitely a movie that I have seen many, many times over. Is this the musical you've seen the most? Probably. Oh. I think so. I'm pretty sure this is probably the musical I've seen the most. Um, I 
think it's like a comfort show for me. So I think definitely something that I reach for when I want something predictable. When was the last time you watched this movie? Hmm. Within the last five years. Okay, so you're pretty confident yes. that you are going to love this movie. You yeah. you know this one. It's no, there's no surprises coming. No, there's no surprises coming. I know this one. I know that it's great. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing you rip it apart. What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Classic musical? That's kind of, that's, that's up my alley. That's your, yeah, it's in your wheelhouse. No, I'm, I wouldn't have brought it had I thought that uh, you wouldn't like it because this is one that I am very protective of. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll do my best to find flaws yeah, and anger you. <laughs> we'll see. Um, okay, well, we will see you next week when we discuss um, the 1965 epic, The Sound of Music. All right. I'm I'm excited. I think Good. I will like it. I think this is something that I'm due for a rewatch. So mm-hmm. let's check it out. I don't know if it's streaming a lot of places because unfortunately with all of the streaming services we have, nobody likes to get anything that is more than 15 years old on them. Yeah, we need like a, a classics streaming service. Or just all of the ones that exist. You know what? People might be interested in older movies if you just gave them the option. Absolutely. So uh, go check it out. Find it somewhere. You could probably find it at your local public library. Absolutely. And get it and watch it and sing it. And, <laughs> and sing it so then hard. And we'll talk all about it next week. Okay. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>